What's up, everybody? Welcome to the View from Jamestown podcast edition. This is episode 33. This is the November 2019 episode. So now TCC President Rob Roach, GM Sales AJ Petrarca, and Ken Blanchard, our, our special guest this morning. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. And Thanks everybody for having else. me, guys. It's nice to be here. How's everything morning. going today? It's going. Got the power vest, power vest yeah, uh, duo over there today. Matching other than color, power vest going on here, Looking of course. With yeah, you didn't send me that note. I'm yeah. sorry, yeah, I, missed I, I missed that, that note too. I guess. <laughs> and you got the power jacket on. Power jacket, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's your? Uh, you don't have any uh, logos? No, I'm sorry. I didn't. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Maybe we'll after the podcast is over, we'll go get a tattoo. There you go <laughs> on the forehead. I won't. I won't forget it next time. <laughs> face tattoos. That's risque, man. Risque. As long as it's a TCC face tattoo, though, you we can do it. Your I mean, employment is definitely guaranteed. The C around the eyes. You know, that'd be perfect, right? A couple of teardrops. Perfect. <laughs> what, a, what, what expense category does that go in? Oh, jeez. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Apparel. <laughs> <laughs> well, appreciate you guys taking the uh, taking the time this morning. Looking forward to getting into it as we're kind of coming to the end of the end of the year here, uh, early November. Uh, maybe before we kick stuff off, maybe Ken, you want to just introduce yourself, give a little bit of background on you and how you fit in the TCC family and, and what you're overseeing these days. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I've uh, been part of the TCC family for three years. Uh, glad to be here for another year going into 2020. Um, happy to be managing the ESO and the DPHP, and uh, we'll talk about that later on today. I'm the product manager for two of those products, as well as doing sales and uh, for TCC. And you're in the Philly area? I am in the Philly area. Thank you. Very nice. Very nice. Um, yeah, getting right into it. So early November, kind of coming into the end of 2019 and starting to maybe look ahead a little bit for 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the, the general mood and kind of view you guys are seeing out there from, from customers and suppliers and, and everybody out in the industry? You want to start off, AJ? Or? Uh, the, it's pretty quiet out there i mean although we're i'm busy you know traveling a bunch i think it's just flat everything seems to be available and you know kind of a, sort of a boring chemical market at the moment um but you know like i said we're just continuing to work hard and trying to trying to do our thing yeah, i think i concur um really impressed with our sales effort our customer service effort as a um you know, a little bit of a, a microcosm of uh, just inside TCC, we're seeing pounds up. And uh, we're seeing that because of um, being very aggressive, sticking to our strategy of sales growth. Um, and um, the sales folks and the customer service folks are all on board to work hard in the face of this kind of tough economy. Um, we're still seeing very low inventories out there. People are reactive buying um and i think we're in a good position for reactive buying because if people need things last minute they can call us and we'll we'll drop everything to make sure that we get the product um to them there's not a lot of long-term forecasting right now and i think that's part of the political environment where we don't know exactly what's going to happen and we'll probably get more into that about the tariffs and what's going on uh later the um tax plan obviously boosted uh I've seen the most recent uh, sort of description of a sugar high to the to the stock market, and I definitely think that's continuing. There's a sugar high because um, the tax plan certainly incentivized the swamp or the billion-dollar companies uh, to do better, uh, prop it up, which makes me nervous long-term. Um, but just being a private company not focused on growth and sales and not focused on merging, acquiring, um, not being distracted from our primary focus, I think, has helped TCC a lot. 
Yeah, it's a good good analogy. I like that, the, the kind of sugar high uh, yeah, deal on the market. Somebody mentioned it to me yesterday, then I read a USA Today article last night, so they obviously copped it from that. And, yeah. and so, But it is certainly a sugar high. Yeah, I think one thing along those lines that we're kind of seeing more and more of um, is kind of the switch in supply chains. You know, Maybe five, six years ago was very much a just-in-time strategy, mm-hmm. and now people kind of have to have higher inventories, have um, you know, plan with longer lead times to keep their their selves stocked, um, just because of the logistics landscape with pricing and things like that. It's it's definitely been a, a switch and something we're seeing more and more of. Um, chemical warehousing expected to be up three to five percent over the next couple of years, so it's mm-hmm. something we're seeing more of. You know, material stocked here versus planning on kind of last minute deliveries. Well, the chemical company also has been focused on European and U.S. supply. We do have uh, assets in China and people in China buying primarily out of China. And I think AJ is probably one of the most active in China in, in terms of buying. Nothing has really changed based on the tariffs so much. Um, but certainly a lot of the other products that might, you know, opportunistically come from China aren't coming any longer. Um, so that's been a, a boost for most of the domestic U.S. chemical producers. Obviously with shale, uh, gas, oil availability, there's been that um, supply chain growth Um down into the chemicals and, and the intermediates. But I think that the problem we're seeing right now coming into the end of the year is some of these <clears throat> producing partners of our of ours are not really facing reality. Yeah. It's, uh, it's you know, the earnings reports are out. Earnings are way down. They're feeling pressured from their management to maintain or even uh, grow margin. And come on, guys, this is not the environment to maintain or grow margin. This is where you need to be aggressive. Uh, in the light of a slowing economy or a slowing demand base and uh, and line things up for next year. You know, right now is the time to line things up for next year because even if there is uh, some sort of a calming of the political and uh, economic um, situations that are happening every single day, um, we don't see a, a robust move for a real uptick in things like automotive and things like that. We just don't see it happening. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of rules that are happening in Europe about um, you know what car can go into what city if there are diesel. Should I buy battery? Should I buy an internal combustion engine car? There's all this confusion, so the buyers aren't buying. So you better line up your contracts now. And yeah. uh, I think that's a very important point. And are you seeing similar things? I know you may... Uh, have a different supplier base and you know customers you're you're speaking with. Are you kind of hearing similar things out in the marketplace? We are hearing the same thing. It's yeah. um, it's interesting how people are just sitting back and and trying to figure out what's happening for 2020. And as we're talking with them now, we're explaining to them that we're well positioned to meet their needs for 2020. And we've been working on that for the past year and a half, getting ourselves strategically positioned with ESO and DPHP to make sure that we're poised and ready to go. If there's an upside, we'll be able to meet that demand. Yeah. But a lot of skepticism for 2020. Yeah, yeah, and something you mentioned too with the the China situation, we're starting to hear maybe verbal rumors of some of the tariffs being rolled back, but then you know, competing rumors that that may not be the the case. So something we're keeping an eye on to see how that plays into 2020, and obviously as we come into the election season, you know, this time next year, seeing how all that shakes out. Yeah, nothing concrete yet, but there is uh, certainly some clickbait articles, if you will. AJ, I'll use your <laughs> terminology, <laughs> clickbait to say, oh, something's going to happen. But uh, as as we've taken a position from the beginning, this is a long-term uh, problem for all of us and uh, and, and something that's going to have to be worked out over the long term with China. Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about it yesterday that 
pricing in China is almost starting to come down a little bit because we see, you know, the economy over there hurting. They're trying to move material, and even with the tariffs, it's it's almost evening itself out. Yeah, I just like I, I I've been saying all along. I just want them to go away. I don't yeah. like the uncertainty. I don't like you know having to commit to material eight weeks out with not knowing you know what's going to happen you know with tariffs when it actually arrives here. So I'm just. Yeah. You know, every time I see a clickbait article, I'm like, please, please, please be right. Please be <laughs> yeah, correct. The official know? press release. <laughs> yeah. Just hoping for it. But well, it's so multifaceted, too, because you've got China with the tariffs, but now you have Europe going into a recession. So what, what impact is that going to have on the Chinese and what, the, what their strategy is going to be for next year? So there's a lot of dynamics. Yeah, and then also our business in Latin America is suffering a little bit because that's become the dumping ground now from China. I'm sure it's happening in Europe as well. It is. So, um, you yeah. know, it's, it's affecting it more yeah. than just the business between China and the U.S. So interesting times. Not just, not just the, a dumping ground, but there's no American influence there anymore. So there's, you know, upheaval in a lot of Latin American countries. And, yeah. you know, um, America has taken an isolationist <laughs> attitude towards um, the rest of the world. And... We're seeing the effects of that. Absolutely. Um, coming in November, seeing prices flat to maybe a little bit up um, kind of across the board. Crude oil, natural gas up a couple dollars. Um, ethylene up a little bit. Propylene contract down <laughs> a penny or so. But it seems like overall things are, are up just a hair. Uh, stock market up in November as well. Um, so starting something we're starting to see in November here. I would, uh, you know, I think that's probably in line with what we're seeing at TCC. We've, we've, we've seen um, a, a very flat summer. Um, and a demand coming up somewhat in September, October, and now November looks pretty good. I mean, I, I started off by complimenting our sales and customer service team, but, um, you know, also folks are obviously seeing some increased demand on their end. Um, so it's interesting, though, uh, you know, you never would expect to see $27,700 on the Dow and our commodity products at their lowest price levels in at least a decade. No. That doesn't make sense. No, right. So even though our, and we really look at pounds sold, really that's a more representative of, of, of the efforts of the company and our, and our team, um, the sales dollars are down significantly. Yep. And that's because things are much cheaper. Even though in a, in a market where you think things would be <clears throat> more expensive because there's not that Chinese influence of cheap uh, chemicals now coming in. It's 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 not really helping prices so much. So we yeah. uh, again we saw that on on the earnings reports, Exxon, BASF, etc. The giants of our industry are way off. Yep. And something we always talk about too is obviously all this is very cyclical. No matter how good or bad the immediate outlook looks, it's always going to turn around. Whether it's six months, twelve months, twenty four months, you know it's. It's always going to turn around. You're going to have that that long term view on how to plan for that, how to strategically, you know, situate yourself to be ready for that that turn whenever it does come, whether it's you know for the better or for the worse. You only have to go for a short drive nowadays and figure out that it's going to come back because more and more traffic means there's more and more people. Yeah. The population of the world is growing. They want the you know the things that Americans and Europeans and and most of the modern world enjoys. So there's no doubt that you know if things, you know, get back to more of a normal political, economic, you know, things can grow. Yep. But Absolutely. we have to get our leaders in line throughout the world to, to allow that to happen. And um, so hopefully that those things will change and we'll, be, we'll come more together. Yep. 
Um, moving on to, to featured products, new products. Excited to have Ken here to talk about some of the big uh, big products he oversees. Um, I know we've talked about probably both of them in the past, uh, maybe in a little bit less detail than obviously Ken can offer. Um, but maybe starting with ESO. Um, yeah, I'm, right I'm pretty excited about ESO and what TCC has done over the past couple of years. Uh, we've really positioned ourselves quite well with a couple of uh, manufacturing partners here in North America. Uh, that's helped us to geographically separate out um, our supply from our manufacturers to our customers. We can expedite our, our orders to customers. Uh, so we have one uh, provider in the north that we use, and we have one in the south, southeast, that uh, just came on board about four or five months ago with manufacturing. Mm -hmm. uh, we've expanded our, our routes to market you know, with rail, bulk rail, intermodal. We were a bulk truck before, and we're excited to get into totes and potentially drums. So we'll have that available as we go into 2020. And maybe what is ESO? Just taking it a step uh, back. Yeah, just that's in a case. good question. We, <laughs> we always just take it and we spell it out. But it's epoxidized soybean oil. Uh, it's derived from soybeans, which are grown here domestically. Uh, the tariffs had some impact on the soybeans. But the farmers were really creative this year. They couldn't ship the soybeans out to China, so they crushed them. And they produced soybean oil and they produced mash. Mash was not on the tariff list, so they sent all the mash as feed into China. Hmm. but we're overflowing with soybean oil. So we see sustained low pricing with epoxidized soybean oil because the raw material soybean oil is, is going to stay low. We've got enough of it to last us a while. And you sent me some pretty interesting articles from, I think it's is it the soybean board. Yes. Um, just on the marketing side of what it is, how it's sustainable, and what it can be used for. It's interesting. It's an interesting product and something you know I think everyone should be at least aware of and understand what it's, it is and the benefits. You know, anecdotally, it's been around for 100 years. Yeah. I mean, Henry Ford built a car out of soybean back 100 years ago, and he was promoting soybean and, and biotechnology, and he would sell a car with a box of soybeans in the front seat because he was really into that. And so that technology is really advanced, and there's a lot of great opportunities that TCC has access to that uh, can, can meet new needs. Maybe we can start selling tank trucks with a box of soybeans, too. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> we can make that happen. The, the farmers <laughs> would be very happy to hear that, yeah. Um, and applications for the big applications for soybean oil? Yeah, the big applications is in plasticizers, uh, but we sell into the medical market. We sell into wire and cable. We sell into vinyl you know, constructions. Construction material, vinyl siding, PVC piping, uh, that's more rigid, but you can add some in there. But uh, in general, we're seeing it as a nice plasticizer. Most people call it a secondary plasticizer. But in certain parts of the world, as it's not used as a secondary plasticizer. It's used as a primary plasticizer yep. with higher amounts going into those flexible PVC applications. And something we're seeing more and more of, you know, customers want sustainability efforts. They want um, that kind of renewable aspect that's right. into their products. So it's a great, great option for that. That's right. And the crop looks really good for this year. We're going to be flush with soybeans again this year. So next year's prices look good. Availability looks solid. And the other one, obviously, the more of a longer-term project we've been dealing with is the DPHP, something you also oversee for us. Yeah, we've got a really great relationship with our supplying partner on DPHP. Um, we take it out of a bulk tank here domestically, and uh, we can we can ship it, again, rail, um, you know, bulk trucks, and uh, we're seeing some nice growth in that. The applications are, as a plasticizer, very stable, goes into wire and cable, goes into a variety of other, you know, plasticizers. Yeah. And uh, so we have plenty of material available for that. We're well positioned for 2020. And then that on either of those? No, it's just uh, it's nice to be um, in the position we are with DPHP. It's not produced here in the U.S. any longer. Um, 
and uh, it's really us and and one other producer, one other European producer that supply the U.S. Uh, Ken's done a great job of growing this particular uh, product, and the fact that they're committed to a short tank and our competitors committed to a short tank shows that there's the demand there and um, the need for this, uh, you know, fantastic um, uh, general purpose plasticizer. Primary uses are, you know, for outdoor weatherability, wire and cable, uh, flexible vinyl, um, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a necessary plasticizer for many applications, and uh, it's nice to see our producing partner commit to having a domestic tank or tanks and, um, and bulk shipments uh, from Europe. So, um, you know, we're looking to grow this product uh, in, the, in the coming year. And, uh, and other particular products from this producing partner that look exciting as well. So it's always a compliment when a producing partner sees the success with you and then gives you new products and new challenges. And uh, yep. so that's, uh, that's we'll probably talk about that sometime in the future, but that's exciting for us. Exciting things in the pipeline. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. Um, and two, two great products, two great products, especially for us. So reach out to, to Ken if you know Ken or happy whoever your, your TCC contact is. They'll put you in touch and be happy to talk about it. Thank you. Uh, trade shows, conferences, events, kind of wrapping things up for this year. Uh, we have Javier Fernandez and Angela Diaz down at the APLA in Argentina mm -hmm. uh, this week or next next week. So starting off uh, Monday, Tuesday next week down there. Um, I know Javier's looking forward to it. I'm sure we'll get the recap you know, this time next month to see kind of what the general mood was and It'd be interesting, I think, hear his feedback from from that one with our, our Latin American and South American partners. Definitely. I mean, AJ mentioned earlier, it's become the dumping ground, as Europe has for, you know, China, other Asia, with uh, restrictions coming into the United States. So it's become an extremely more. It, it's always been a competitive market in Latin America and South America, um, but now it's even more so with the rest of the world eyeing that for uh, moving volume. Uh, so. What Javi brings back to uh, corporate uh, when he returns and Angela be very interesting to hear. Yeah. Um, and that pretty much wraps it up for this year. We're starting to talk about uh, 2020 and, mm -hmm. and even beyond then. A uh, bunch of shows to talk about, January, February timeline, but two, uh, two big shows. I think it's probably appropriate to start talking about. Um, I'll start talking about the, uh, the spring shows. Yeah, so AFPM, um, we're... I use looking forward to loosely, but looking forward to <laughs> New Orleans this year. Um, you know, we're uh, a little concerned with the overlap with, with the AFPM and the American Coding Show. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll be at both. We'll have a big presence at both the AFPM and, uh, and the American Coding Show. So looking forward to, to seeing everybody out there and, and you know, get some get some business done. Yeah, definitely a big point. Make sure you're not just rebooking your San Antonio hotels. You know, we're going <laughs> to a new, new location this year. Uh, be interesting to see how it is in a... In a new spot. New Orleans, yeah. And then Indianapolis is where the coding show is. And typically, you know, the AFPM runs, what, sometimes some of Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Everybody typically leaves on Wednesday. Well, the coding show starts on that particular Tuesday, right? Yeah, the coding uh, show starts Tuesday. on Tuesday. So, so people would have to leave on, you know, Monday to get there for Tuesday morning. So it's it's going to be yeah. challenging logistically for a lot of folks. But well, we should have coverage, though. I mean, we're yeah, we, looking we, at splitting up the team. and We are going to sure. split up the team right. probably for the whole time. You know, yeah. there might be a group that goes to AFPM and a group that goes to the coding show. Right. I think that's probably how it's going to play out. But it'll be interesting to see what the foot traffic is at the coding show because typically shows are front loaded the first couple of days of the you know the heaviest traffic but people are obviously going to be busy in new orleans at afpm yeah. 
So it'll be yep. interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah, people could come in on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday could end up being strong days. Or right. Past, you know, they're a little bit lighter. Um, but looking at a, another party and a golf outing at the AFPM, and then obviously we have our booth at the coding show. So we'll start putting info out on that. But we're looking forward to, to both those events. Should be should be good. Yeah, it's going to be great. I always enjoy New Orleans. Yeah, I've never been. Be my first time. Oh yeah, it's a neat place. I mean, you know. After 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, you want to be home in, in your <laughs> hotel room. can get dangerous in certain zones, and yeah. you could be a danger to yourself there if you allow it. <laughs> but uh, it's, a, it's a neat city, and uh, but we're going to miss San Antonio. It's always nice to go to San Antonio. Yeah, we always talk about that city. is just set up perfectly for what the, the AFPM is. It really is, mm-hmm. yeah. We had a one year in Dallas, I don't know, four or five years ago. It, it turned out okay. You know, it wasn't the end of the world. Uh, no. Different yeah. scene. It's the people. Less Tex-Mex. Yeah. A yeah. little less Tex-Mex. <laughs> <laughs> um, wrapping things up, um, we just recently did a uh, podcast episode with the Vinyl Institute CEO. Uh, that should be live wherever you're streaming your podcast. It was pretty interesting. Um, Obviously, it's a, a big end industry for us, the, the vinyl in, uh, industry as a whole. So it's interesting to hear what they're doing on their kind of pro-vinyl marketing and sustainability efforts and things like that. So that was a great episode. If you haven't checked it out, um, feel free to, to stream that wherever you're listening to your podcast. It's very interesting. It was a, I think it was interesting. Uh, you know, he made some good points. He was a good speaker. And mm-hmm. you know, it's good to see what they're, what they're doing to promote the industry. Um, anything else to kind of wrap things up here? Now we're just heading into uh, the holidays here, and uh, just want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, and um, you know, and maybe in the next episode we'll wish a, a Merry Christmas. But uh, you know, always enjoy the holiday season, and uh, of course, uh, cooling off so our seasonal products are picking up. <laughs> yep. So the methanols and the glycols, and we're seeing a very early onset of winter. So um, you know. Uh, Looking forward to the holiday season and, and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Okay. Back to you. Got a little bit of snow yesterday up in Vermont. It was we were <laughs> in the snow yesterday in Vermont, so we felt Christmas yesterday coming. Anything yeah. <laughs> for you, uh, Ken? Yeah, I just wanted to thank you guys for including me. This was a lot of fun. Of course. And I uh, appreciate highlighting the ESO and the DPHP, and you know, give me a call anytime you have any questions. Look forward to having you, uh, having you on again soon. I look forward to it. Yeah, Absolutely. thanks. Uh, as always, we appreciate you listening. Um, episodes available wherever you, you get your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcast Store, Android Store, YouTube, you name it. Um, you can also get it right online, thechemco.com slash podcast. Uh, obviously, get all our, our other products and news outlets right on the on thechemco.com. Uh, we appreciate you listening as always, and we're looking forward to catching you next time. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you Thank you.